When you hear the phrase, soft as steel, what do you think of? While the word steel might conjure up images such as massive high-rise buildings, where does the soft part come in? And what exactly does this mean in our work and in our lives? Welcome to the Soft as Steel podcast with your host, Dennis Duran, featuring engaging conversations with a wide range of industry leaders around soft skills, how we practice love, inclusion, social justice, and compassionate leadership that's everlasting in the workplace. And now, here's Dennis Duran. My guest today is Nitin Govilla, the Chief Sales and Marketing Officer for Search Ferrari Group, headquartered in France. Nitin is an expert in architecture and design, the construction industry, composite materials, manufacturing materials, and building facade. He is a people-centric leader who is always very alert and aware of the impact of company decisions on people. He has also always believed that as a professional, one needs to find ways to give back to society. Nitin has mentored and guided leaders, country managers, territory managers, product management team members, and plant managers. When Nitin reached out to me about being a guest on the Softest Steel podcast, I did some quick research. For instance, I learned that Nitin is a meditation trainer for a global nonprofit, Heartfulness. This says much about how he views wellness in all our lives. I also found a post that Nitin had authored on LinkedIn that will be important to our conversation today. The intersection of heart and mind and leadership can be a catalyst for positive change as it encompasses compassion, empathy, and mindfulness. Leaders who cultivate these attributes create nurturing environments that are not only invigorate their teams, but also propel innovation. After all, creativity and fresh ideas only abound in environments where your people feel like it's safe to take risks. The profound impact that heart-led leadership can have the trajectory of businesses, communities, and our cultural fabric as a whole should never be overlooked. The key challenge is always about being able to listen to your heart and how to develop the skill to do so. There are several clues in what my guest values in this quote. Literally moments ago, a colleague of mine talked about putting people first. This is the essence of heartlet leadership. It recognizes that people are the most important resource in business and society, and they must be sustained just like any other resource, but first and foremost. Nitin, welcome to the Softest Steel podcast. Thank you, Dennis. Thank you for having me over, and it's a pleasure that you accepted our request to, you know, have me here on your podcast and looking forward. And thanks a lot for this very kind introduction. Well, you know, it was close to being a memorial service, uh, but I drew the line. <laughs> One of the things yeah. I think I may have mentioned when we had our first attempt that was sabotaged by technology, this is a spontaneous conversation. However, I do have to say that there is an interesting dichotomy as I look at you mm -hmm. and consider your background, your experiences and all those things. You very much are a highly successful business person, mm. but you also are appearing to be a highly successful human and that you bring together the ingredients of the simple part. Again, I'm the soft skills guy, as you know, from my book cover, et cetera. So I talk about so many of these things that were in this quote of yours. That's why when I read that, I said, that's what we got to talk about because the business part, I say, is the easy part. Mm. What makes it difficult is how we choose to embrace the importance of valuing people and relationships, in my view. This is my, my view. No, absolutely, Dennis. I agree with you. And in fact, as you said, 
I mean, success, again, is a very sometimes a misleading word because, I mean, who's defining that? Is the individual defining that I'm successful or not? Or the person opposite you is defining, you know, because the society may see one person successful in a certain way, either because of the title or the position or whatever. But in the end, I suppose the second point that success as a human I suppose, or to be known as a good human being, you know, when you retire or when you, you know, move from your business life to any other life, I think that can only be defined by each one of us ourselves, you know, right? We don't need a, I would say, a validation, I suppose. And that's where the role of the heart comes very key because the heart will never lie. Mm -hmm. The question is, are we, do we have the courage and the vision to listen to that heart, to listen, to feel that, to feel those messages which are coming to be able to, you know, even interpret them or understand them and possibly act on them because that requires courage because it's an unfiltered message. It's not colored by the right or the wrongs or the good or the bad or any external, uh, uh, you know, nuances. It is it is what it is. Now, mm-hmm. uh, on the material world, we may sometimes feel, oh, if I do this, if I say this, okay, this may be good or this may be bad. But uh, the the key thing is that's where courage is required. The sensitization of our inner self is required to be able to feel that and hear that and then finally act on it. So for me, absolutely, I think a good human, to be remembered as a good human being who was also maybe uh, had a reasonable success in, in a certain profession, I think um, is uh, that's much more important rather than you know, defining a a successful business person, because again, there are many definitions there. Yeah. Yeah. You're a relatively young man in comparison to myself, obviously. Uh, But you are, you have a a tremendous amount of responsibility in a global business. Uh, So you travel, you travel always. Uh, You are in different parts of the world. You are therefore in different cultures around the world. Uh, How do we, how do we take uh, the obvious, um, the, the clue that you've given us in terms of who you really are as a person, uh, and we, when we talk about heart-led leadership, how does how does that how does that how do you implement that? How does how do you practice that as you move it from culture to culture to culture? Well, that's a good question, actually, a very good question, because um, I mean, generally, as professionals, we would obviously the first thing is try to talk to people. Uh, you know, who would have been to a certain country or worked with a certain uh, uh, country. And uh, then we form our own constructs and opinions and possibly start uh, interacting with that or what we would have read. But I think um, the real part comes is when you actually interact. And the the I would say two elements are key in that, uh, to be uh, a good listener. Mm-hmm. Uh, and also, I would say a very key element is curiosity. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, not really in saying that, okay, uh, maybe I'm the boss, maybe I'm someone else coming from head office or someone else coming from a certain uh, regional office for that, for that matter. But mm-hmm. whether I go first time, whether I go the 10th time or the 100th time, it's all about observation. It's all about city, you know, just look around and um, and then also listening to people. And really my... Mm-hmm. understanding of culture not only comes from in that office like okay i go from the airport to the office or to the hotel and then uh, either to the office to meet the team or the local customers but i also try to take out some time to just be in that place you know 
maybe take out time in the mornings or in the evenings, just walk around, interact outside of business, because that's where you also enhance your knowledge of culture, that what, uh, what are the things people do, how do they behave, you know, what's important to them, you know, interact. And then when you bring that understanding through the element of curiosity, because you will end up then asking more questions than, you know, uh, saying do this or do that, then at least then it really automatically builds the connect. And then you're able to, you know, uh, find the way, uh, the right way to work together. Mm-hmm. Uh, in the end, I would say a lot of similarities exist between culture, but a lot of differences also exist. But the human-to-human connection, I think nothing can beat that. Uh, even you might, uh, you might even if you don't even understand 10% of the language or, or whatever. In your comments, you mentioned two specific uh, ideas, or uh, more importantly, soft skills. You mentioned good listening, uh, to be a good listener. Um, Listening, in in, in the world as I see it, listening is a skill. It's a skill that can be taught. Uh, To add the adjective good or great or excellent to that, uh, it it translated it from simply being a skill to being a quality of a person, to being a soft skill something which is, enhances their ability uh, to get to know people uh, and for people to get to know them. Um, and then you also mentioned curiosity, which is, again, you know, you know an, an incredibly valuable soft skill or quality for people to possess. Um, some people don't uh, understand themselves to know that they are curious or that they lack curiosity uh, or that they're not good listeners um, so as, as, again, as you mentor, uh, a whole range of different kinds of individuals in the organization you're involved with, um, I'm sure that these, these are part of the, th- among the things we talk, that we talk to them about, uh, is w- what those mean to our ability, not simply to c- connection in the business world is, is simply a plug mm-hmm. connection in the, per- in the personal world is much deeper than that. But once we make that connection, um, and 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 go about it in a sincere uh, way with genuine interest. Uh, then the ability for us to communicate, which is more complicated in a, in a multicultural environment, a multilingual environment, and that you face all the time. Um, you know, I think that the, the challenge of that is has to be incredible. Um, and so some might say, well, Dennis, you know, don't talk. You don't want to talk about that. So he's all over the world, but you're not. You're just living in the United States. Yeah, so we, everybody's the same here. Which is certainly not true. Uh, mm-hmm. There are many different cultures here. There are there are multiple Absolutely. languages here. The same same kind of issues uh, can confront us. But sadly, uh, in the construction industry and at least in the U.S., we're not giving enough credence to the the absolute difference making importance of understanding your qualities as a person and learning how to understand others people's qualities for the benefit of a relationship. Your comments. Um, see, I have not been too much exposed, I would say, to uh, what happens in U.S. in the construction industry. But one thing you're absolutely right that, I mean, U.S. is a melting pot anyway. As they say, it's a much used uh, word. Uh, there are different cultures. Okay, some have come as first, uh, you know, just moved in or moved in a few years back or or moving in. Others have been there. They are the second generation. But let's also not forget that, you know, uh, part of the culture is passed on uh, within the family or in the genes. So whether somebody is an Asian or American or a Latin American or European or coming from Africa, 
Um, mm-hmm. Each of them will carry those elements anyway, right? So mm-hmm. finally, they are Americans. Okay, uh, that's true. But those elements also play a very key part from the background I am brought in. I mean, from the mm-hmm. home where I am or my uh, my family environment. So so I think um, that's very key. I suppose um, construction environment. I would say across the world within a country could be a little bit very uniform in the way of working. Uh, maybe it's a, it's the it's the environment in construction is that pe- uh, suddenly people assume that everybody is rough. You know, I suppose I don't know whether I'm making sense or not. That when no, you're I... in dust, you're in cement, or you're outside, uh, totally in nature, you kind of I don't know. There's an assumption maybe whoever is working in that uh, thing uh, industry has to be rough or is mm-hmm. rough. You know, so there's mm-hmm. that assumption which uh, plays on both sides. And possibly mm-hmm. that maybe kind of affects the interaction because if you're already assuming somebody who's maybe building a bridge or a highway or a building, oh, I mean, uh, how can I be maybe uh, uh, polite or how can I, you know, speak like that? I just need to speak mm-hmm. in one way. That's the only way people will understand. I, I, I would uh, disagree there because, again, mm-hmm. it's individuals. I suppose mm-hmm. um, a word spoken softly, everybody appreciates that. Um, uh, for sure. I mean, if things are not moving well or deliberately things are being done wrongly, you know, we mm-hmm. always have to uh, play a role, right? Sometimes business yes. is also role playing that you have to yes. ensure that the message goes strongly. But in other times, I don't think so that assumption of because you're working in a rough environment that people are rough uh, mm-hmm. as as right. individuals. I think that's maybe that's the wrong assumption which is being carried and that affects the interactions. Yeah. You know, yeah, I, I, your points are well taken. Uh, I, I've, I have for years uh, been been talking in our industry again about the notion of of how we treat one another as people. Uh, again, uh, and this is a term I think has global application and and, and meaning. Uh, we talk we've talked for a, a number of years about the notion of embracing diversity. Uh, diversity simply meaning that that every person is is different. Every person is unique. There's not there are not two people that are like, uh, and even even identical twins are different. Uh, and that diversity is something which needs to be embraced rather than resisted. Uh, and resistance has has diminished a bit. Uh, and I'm just I can only speak about the United States, but uh, it's uh, I'm sure some of this applies in other places uh, to at least to some degree. But here. And I'm interested in your thoughts and reaction. But here, uh, we are still struggling with the notion of looking at, at, at one another and, mm. and not seeing a black person, a brown person, an old person, a young person, uh, a person that speaks Spanish, a person that speaks whatever. Um, we are just seeing people. Uh, and uh, and so the the term that has come more into into vogue is the term inclusion, uh, and that and so we we need to look at our environment in the so we can stay in the construction industry now you you work in that industry as, as do I so it's a place that we understand, um, and one of the things that's 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 so challenging uh, is that the the resistance uh, is largely fear based. Uh, again, we're, we're, we're afraid that if we behave in a certain way, Absolutely. there's going to be a consequence. Uh, 
Yes. Uh, yes. And, uh, yes. and and this is this is a thought that is not a unique thought, but I'm having it as a result of just our interaction. Mm-hmm. Um, that's why I call this a spontaneous conversation. Um, and I think and I think that uh, you know there are four th- four elements of or, or topics of conversation uh, that I don't know if you've had a chance as you've been traveling around to listen to any any of my podcasts. But uh, but last year I did a a, a four hour virtual summit. And I had a, I had individuals that talked on four different topics. One topic was love. Uh, now, mm. a person that talks about mindfulness and, mm. and the value of the practice of meditation understands what love is all about. I mm. would yes. simply yes. assume. Uh, yes. We also talked about inclusion, uh, and then we talked about social justice. Mm. Uh, and and you had recently, I guess, it was an article posting where you were talking about mental health. Mm. Uh, and uh, yes, which is yes. a cr- which is a crisis in our industry. Uh, cool, and again, cool. I don't know what the numbers are outside the United States, cool. but they are more than alarming. Uh, uh, so we have we have mental health issues, we have addiction, and we're dealing with suicide. Mm. Uh, and so and so here's Dennis going around talking about you know what's love have to do with it? You know what's the role of love in the construction industry? What do you think? No, I think love is a very strong word, but sometimes also very uh, misunderstood. I suppose uh, part of the problem comes uh, is uh, is a fear that showing that kind of um, element, because everybody has it, you know, everybody has that quality. The question is, are you able to show it? Are you able to demonstrate it? Um, do you sometimes feel comfortable to demonstrate it? Because as you just mentioned, this fear uh, of... Um, uh, the fear you talked about, part of that also comes is that we are equating, sometimes we equate that if we show this kind of element of our personality, the softness, the ability to even bend or or show this um, empathy, compassion or love to people, it will be treated as weakness, you know, mm-hmm. and, and we project it on others. For example, maybe as a boss, we projected if I show this element of my side, Maybe others will uh, take advantage of that, you know. Mm-hmm. So I think um, um, uh, it works both ways. But I always feel that um, to wait for somebody to do, show that uh, is a wrong approach, you know, that, okay, if the other person shows, then only I'll do. I think it should start um, from one side. If I feel uh, I should do it, let's not worry about whether it will be reciprocated or not. Maybe it will not be, more often not be than be, you know, because um, in business environment, obviously everybody also works with their own interests and, um, and uh, you know, uh, certain elements. So there are much more elements at play. So even if you show your soft side, it does not mean that uh, you're weak because in the end, again, it boils down that if you're in your heart, you feel comfortable I suppose it also makes you uh, stronger. You know, the inner courage is much more mm-hmm. bigger yeah. and um, higher than any kind of physical or or the other yes. kind of courage. So, so showing that and being truthful yes. to your inner self, where if you look inside, you feel comfortable that what I did was right. I think um, you'll have a good sleep. Mm-hmm. You wouldn't worry about how anybody's reacting. I mean, it's their it's their way yes. to look at it. So. I suppose that should be the first step to demonstrate whether we call it love or or empathy, compassion. But that should be the first step. It starts from me. I should not hesitate to show it. And I think more often than not, it will be reciprocated. If it's not Mm -hmm. fine, we uh, we forget about it. We move ahead. But 
that should not make us change our personality because then we are presenting a facade of ourselves which is not really the true self and uh, it also creates all those things you talked about because this is the this is the duality which sometimes we have to present in today's world is also part of the reason for this mental trauma right yes i know i am not like this but i have to behave like this in front of dennis right yes. so this is where when i go back i am not able to face myself in the mirror and this mm-hmm. the churning which goes in my head is the reason mm-hmm. also for this mental trauma and other ch- uh, challenges which uh, which we face i mean look at the uh, today the 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 generation right there's so much of social media so if you're there you're not there that person has x followers i don't have it i am so active i am not active right but mm-hmm. maybe you you're not a person like that but uh, the external environment is trying to make you do like that so those kinds of things then create the pressure on your on your mental element which creates this um, this mental health issues so i suppose yeah. uh, if we are true and be one person as it is i suppose we will part of the mental health issue will automatically go away yes yes i i i agree i agree fully with that uh, my mentor is a is a fellow by the name of steve farber uh he's a he's a recognized leadership authority he's written several books and in his first book with which he wrote over 20 years ago but it still it still sells because it's got a great message uh he says the following in this book he says do what you love in the service of people who love what you do uh i can imagine you can attach to that uh, instantaneously um what are your thoughts about that that uh, the, the those those connections do what you love in the service of people who love what you do yeah i think um in the end if there is love behind anything you do people will benefit i mean i and i i i strongly believe in that whether it's business or personal world because when you do with that feeling you will always bring more elements to a profession or to a professional right so even mm-hmm. though you may not have a personal relationship with that person which obviously can happen you know you're not friends with everyone in your company but at the same time you they will remember they will carry some elements which they might have learned from you in the softer aspects you know and and this it also also shows that when we take career decisions we also know where we are able to able to do that certain business environments may not be able to provide you that space to do so so it also mm-hmm. then um makes you think whether i should be in this place or not right so in that sense mm-hmm. also when you are at the right place and it comes naturally what you do you're not thinking of 10 like a chess you're not thinking 10 steps oh if i say this or oh, if i do this how will that person react what will happen after that who will come into the picture you just act to do what has to be done in that sense you don't think mm-hmm. about 10 meanings and 10 interpretations now then mm-hmm. when you are able to do so people are also able to see that passion that okay you are enjoying work what you're doing you're not doing okay we all obviously need money to live our lives to you know uh, ensure our family uh, does well but at the same time you're not uh, you know driven just only by that you there's a passion that you you are enjoying what you're doing and it comes out naturally yeah i'm sure we both know people in our lives that that uh, that are making are quote unquote making a lot of money and are miserable uh and so uh yeah money doesn't uh, there that's an old phrase money doesn't buy happiness mm, true, uh, true, uh, true. self awareness uh is the free path to true. happiness if we understand true. ourselves 
uh, and align, you know, align our, our values uh, to the good, then chances are uh, we're, we're going to prosper. We're going to prosper mm-hmm. emotionally, spiritually, and as well, possibly financially. Um, but if you put the money up first, then uh, you've, you, you'll just trip all over it. At least that's that's my view and my experience. Sure, sure, um, sure. I mean, you said there's so many wonderful things, words and phrases in your quote. And we're touching on you mentioned in the course of this conversation. You mentioned empathy as it relates to uh, to uh, to the heart and mind and leadership. Um, uh, I have nothing technical to talk to you about, uh, with uh, with only one possible exception. Uh, and again, I'm saying that because I looked at your at your information and I had a, a series of questions. Would be good questions for conversation. Um, we've come up with a whole other set of questions. Uh, I'd love to talk to you about some things that relate to materials, but, you know, frankly, um, I, I wouldn't enjoy that conversation as much as the one we're having now. Um, but I, I did, I did want to ask you to, 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 to talk a bit about something that hasn't been uh, talked about on a podcast to date. So it'll be a little bit of a bonus. It may end up finding its way out into being a clip that will come out of this podcast. Talk to, uh, talk to me about, about meditation uh, mm. and what it means to you, the role it plays in your daily life, uh, the, 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 the benefits associated with it, and, and kind of answer the question, you know, why aren't more of us doing it? And I, and I being one of those guilty parties. So share some thoughts about that. Yeah. So uh, meditation is now really, I would say, in the last many years or few years, has become the main buzzword. But I would say it's obviously also a very big word, but a very misunderstood word. Different, uh, different people understand differently. For me, meditation simply is a way to be able to find a way to connect to your inner self and, you know, be in that space. Uh, and it is beyond thinking it's more about feeling and that's uh, and that's what has led me to to follow this practice of heartfulness meditation as the name goes it's a heart based system where we gently sit quietly we connect to our inner self which is our heart and just rest there and be there um, mm-hmm. we are not uh, the whole idea of meditation is that we are not supposed to use the mind because uh, you're trying to wipe in a, in a very crude way of understanding, people are looking at meditation is to say, okay, I don't want thoughts, right? There's too many thoughts in this world today that uh, it, it bothers me. I just want that peace. They, you hear that word peace, mental peace, and, uh, and relaxation. Now, that's where sometimes meditation is misunderstood. And I always, uh, you know, explain it in a very simple way that you do not concentrate to meditate, but you meditate to concentrate. Meaning that the moment if you're using your mind or focusing on something, that means you're really not meditating, you're concentrating. Mm -hmm. And the fact that when you do that, you will end up having much more thoughts and you're not putting the mind at rest. So what you need, a meditation should be a real tool or a real meditation should be where you're able to disconnect from the mind. And, you know, the mind is not in play there. That is where really uh, you will be able to calm it. Otherwise, how can you use the same tool to calm itself? You cannot use the mind itself to do meditation and then expect the mind is calm. It will not happen, right? So, mm-hmm. so this mm-hmm. is where uh, a practice is necessary, which can help you to show that difference. And then when you're able to do so, you will be able to see that the moment you're able to connect to yourself, you also move from the element of thinking to feeling. Mm-hmm. And, because, and heart has a voice, but that voice is transmitted through a feeling. 
not through the mind in terms of thoughts and ideas so mm-hmm. if if you, but how do you catch that voice you you will be only able to catch that voice when that clutter and the noise is not there right mm-hmm. even in a big room or a restaurant if you don't have the right acoustics you cannot even listen to the person opposite uh, uh, opposite you right. so it's the same thing here that feeling you will not sense or feel unless you have that the noise you've calmed the noise or the clutter which is there now that's where the element of meditation comes into play because when you connect your inner self you're opening that space that that time where you are able to feel that and then if you're able to you know be in that you obviously you cannot meditate 24 hours but if you are able to carry that meditative feeling or thought or that um, sensation in that sense that you find a way to connect to yourself as and when you want it you will be mm-hmm. able to hear that voice and this mm-hmm. will be uncluttered this will be not polluted by anything you know mm-hmm. so for me that's what meditation is and i suppose everyone should try whether it's for they need it or not it will always be helpful because with a clean and calm mind like a pure water in the lake which is you know absolutely there's just flat and calm and serene in the morning it's the same thing here you know and then when you have this kind of feeling you're able to start your day you're able to have a different feeling throughout the day you feel more energized and then you're fresh you know so for me that's what meditation has been i mean when i started i was quite young i was you know a sales manager my sales guy in one of the travels exposed me to this practice mm-hmm. and ever since i started i just continued that because for me it was not then after that trying any other system because i just felt so connected with this practice that i just continued so and then later obviously because of my travels i could contribute so i was made a trainer so i could encourage and uh, have people also start those practices wherever i traveled and i do as a volunteer in this practice of mindfulness meditation mm-hmm. we don't charge anything for people to start mm-hmm. so we work as volunteers i work as volunteer sometimes in the evening on weekends to help people you know get exposed to this practice start the practice we do sessions for corporates so i think that connection with the inner self is very key in today's time mm-hmm. and i think that what uh, meditation brings yeah. and then in the end uh, with a clean mind when you take a decision i suppose maybe at that moment as i said in the material world somebody may say it was a wrong or a bad but eventually that decision will always prove to be the correct one yeah yeah i appreciate that explanation i'm almost embarrassed to say this but i'm one of those many people that does not practice meditation however i did make it a goal a personal goal for this year was to begin the practice of meditation and incorporate it into my daily routine. So now I'm recording this. It's going to be part of our interview. So there's probably going to be little emails coming from you Nitin saying, "How's it going? How's it going?" <laughs> and I would welcome that. I'm on the other end of the curve, you know. I've got fewer years out there in front of me than I have behind me, but I guess at any point in your life you can improve yourself. Absolutely. I mean, meditation, I don't think so you should worry whether you lost or you did not use your last 50, 60 years, whatever, you know. You can start anytime. It's possible to start virtually like what we are doing. We could have, you know, face-to-face a meditation session like that. Mm-hmm. I don't know which city you are based in, but we have, uh, you know, trainers in those local cities also who we could meet face-to-face and have your introductory meditation session. So I think only thing when people start, what I say is, willingness that's it uh, yeah. people say yeah. what do i need i say just willingness that's it 
if you have willingness to start even 15 minutes or 20 minutes or 30 minutes you will do it you know you will make it part of your life and time thank you your comments are a gift thank you very much a quick last question our time is up yes this has been what i expected not what i hoped for but what i expected i'm so delighted that we have met and had this conversation my last question is this if someone were to ask you what is perhaps the most important quality for a leader to possess to be successful as a true leader one quality if you're asking me i would say to be able to listen to your heart i love it that's the final word nitin this is again has been a delight i know we'll have future contact uh, we may even find a way to meet someday but thank you so much for coming on the podcast uh, this episode will be one that i will enjoy listening to many times thank you dennis and thank you for having me over and it was great pleasure i hope there could be some points which could be interesting to your audience and i will also look forward to that and yes hopefully if i may ask i don't know which city are you based in oh i live in savannah georgia so if ever i'm in that area or close to that area i'll obviously you know send you an email and we'd love to see you face to face too also yeah. absolutely thank you my friend take care thank you dennis thank you thanks for joining us today for this episode of the softest steel podcast with your host dennis duran Dennis is the author of Soft as Steel and a leading speaker and trainer for organizations across many industries and verticals. To learn more about the work Dennis is doing to activate soft skills in the workplace, contact him at dennisduranspeaking.com. Be sure to check out his book Soft as Steel on Amazon or wherever books are sold. You can subscribe to this podcast on iTunes or wherever you'd like to get your podcasts. And please remember to share this episode with your friends, colleagues, and anyone you feel would benefit from the conversation. We'll see you next time on the Softest Steel podcast with Dennis Duran. Produced by Audavita Studios. Connect your voice to the world.